0: Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Roman Edman, a Six Sigma professional personal development coach and a decade-long part-time domain investor. Today Roman and I discuss how early entrepreneur roots selling candy at school, flipping sports cards and cabbage patch kids, and newspaper routes eventually led to his buying and selling domains. Roman candidly discusses outbounding domains as a door-to-door salesperson and how he went from owning 3 domains in 2011 to just over 10,000 domains in 2012, yes, that's in less than one year. Roman also shares two secret questions that most domain investors fail to ask, yet these same questions led him to bulk sell a portfolio of over 1,000 domains. In addition, we contrast and compare strategies, platforms, pricing, appraisals, and varying factors to consider when bidding on and buying domains. Finally, Roman unveils his must-do rules and tenets when entering into the domain industry. And as a bonus, Roman also provides tips and tricks for buying and selling domains via Clubhouse. So with that, Roman, my man, welcome to the show, and thank you for making time to join us today.
1: Hey, thank you, Alvin. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Hey, man, to kick things off, Roman, let's briefly share at a high level with our listeners just a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal professional
1: background. Sure. I'm, I was born and raised in New York, went to school in Buffalo. Then after that, I went to move down to Mexico to learn international business and then um, moved back to the States. And I have a strong background at that point in telecommunications, project management, done a lot of process improvement work. Um, After that, I delved into the arena of project and program management, personal development. And I think in, in, in regards to me, per se, I'm just a serial entrepreneur. I think ever since I was young. had a knack for that. And so domaining is something that I love and it kind of falls in line with some of the things I've enjoyed in the past as well.
0: Nice. So what's interesting, man, I was looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile and the thing that stuck out to me, three words, sick, Sigma guy. And so I was like, okay, being in Six Sigma and knowing, I don't know if you know or not, but Michael Seiger obviously has a background in terms of lean Six Sigma. Um, mm-hmm. And having started i6Sigma.com, so were you familiar with with uh, Mike?
1: Yeah, i mean I'm definitely. Um, I've been in the domain business for for a while since about 2011, and at the time for me, the only area I would or place that I would be able to get good content in regards to that was Domain Sherpa, ah. which you know Mike Mike actually ran, and so um, I knew about his Six Sigma background and things of that nature, and in fact we've had several conversations in the past in regards to that so yeah
0: that is awesome i don't meet too many people because uh and which i don't know if you knew so i used to actually work for a company uh that's still actually in business called smartersolutions.com and they were at the time when i started working for them back in 2005 so shoot man it's like almost 20 <laughs> almost 25 years ago um uh, not <laughs> not quite, but getting close to it, or rather 20 years ago. What's interesting about that is is that um, I knew Mike back then. And so that company, I did their marketing, their technology for at least three or four years, and they're still a customer of mine still to this day over the past 15 or so years. And so what was interesting was, obviously, I knew Mike in that arena in terms of the i Sigma, and then it wasn't until 2011 that uh, I got into a friend's car. They were playing one of the Domain Sherpa episodes, and it was like right there in the middle. Um, And so, you know, they hit play, and I'm like, man, that voice sounds really familiar. And then it was like he did his signature laugh, and I was like, ah, that's Michael Seiger. I know that voice. So that was one of the first things when I looked at your uh, LinkedIn profile and I saw Six Sigma guy. I was like, okay, he likely knew Mike then before he got into Domain's.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. That's actually, you know, the world is so small. So I actually, that's actually a funny story. Indeed. And so, man,
0: like mm-hmm. how long have you been involved in domain investing? And like, I guess, where did you, where was this intersection at that you found yourself going, oh, domain investing. Okay. Hey, I think I can actually make a run at this.
1: Yeah. I would say like at, at, at 2011. So at that point I was doing some buying and flipping through eBay. I would find products and i would you know either buy them on ebay or other areas and then i would sell them and i I saw a listing that said domain names and you know i was familiar with domain names but not so much and so this individual was selling like 10 domain names for like three bucks and so i just bought the domain names for you know for three bucks and said okay let me just start buying and selling them you know i guess or maybe figure something out and a month later I got an email from someone and they said, you own the domain Bananacream.net, and I have a client that wants to purchase it. I'm like, okay. And they said, we'll pay you $500 for it. And I said, sold, like sold, you know, they cut a check and they sent it through the mail. Cause I think back then, you know, you know, the whole digital type of payment system wasn't there or whatever. And then like four days later, I see a check for $500 and I cashed it and I sent them that Bananacream.net that was part of that $3 package. And I'm like, whoa, this is going (laughs) to (laughs) work. That's how I got started.
0: Bananacream.net. Wow. I need to go look that up now to even see what's there. That yeah. Is crazy. So from a three dollar lot purchase, then you go to a five hundred dollar lot, and then kind of what was your next step? I mean, now had you known that there were like blogs, that there was uh, domain Sherpa, any of that stuff?
1: No. Like what was your next move? Not at all. So I, uh, you know, I, you know, I tried using, you know, the internet. Yahoo, I think at the time, try to get more information. And I saw articles about some domains that, you know, were being, you know, sold for, you know, pretty good amount. And uh, at that point, I still didn't, you know, I wasn't able to find a place where I'd be able to obtain information. Mm. But then I decided to sit down and take a notebook and started writing all these various search terms and names and ideas that I had. And then I manually went into GoDaddy to see if they're available. Mm. And that's what and then I started purchasing domains that way. And then um, unfortunately in my mind, I started buying like uh, the.NETs or orgs. Like I would get excited if I would find like, I don't know, let's say baseball camp and I would just purchase that because I'm thinking the com <laughs> is good. The org has to be maybe at least one fifth is is good, you know? Right. And, and I started amassing and amassing um, domains. But then at the same time, some of the domains that I was purchasing did make sense. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that helped me was within eBay, it seemed like were, it came from Russia, because that's what it said, the Russian Federation. These guys were selling .nets or .orgs of pretty good one, um, one word uh, keywords, you know, like for like 20 bucks and 50 bucks or what have you. And then in my mind, I was like, "Okay, it would be like thechristian.org," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll buy it for twenty dollars." And then I started outbounding them to companies that would have, let's say, longer names than thechristian.org. It may be the Christian School York.com or you know thechristianschool.org. I would reach out to them and say, "This is not the .com. so obviously I'm not gonna you know price it at ten thousand dollars. But if you're interested to do a slight upgrade." I can, you know, I can sell it to you. And I was selling them for anywhere between $250 and $1,000 immediately. Now, do you have a background in sales? I have an MBA in marketing (laughs) and a a bachelor's in marketing, but being in sales, I think that was ever since I was small, right? So the way I look at myself, I'm a fan of Gary Vee and I've, and I have a, a similar, a similar kind of, uh, history where ever since I was young, you know, at school, I used to uh, buy uh, candy at this local place for a penny each. And then I would bring it to the school and sell it to my classmates for 10 cents. And so I would eat half of it and make a profit. I I would sell half of it, make a profit, Then I would eat some of it and then share it to friends as well as the girls that I liked. (laughs) So like this, that was the beginning of my sales (laughs) sales pitch. Seriously.
0: Uh, He was like, you know, the one, the girls I don't like, y'all. Yeah, y'all get this, the the crushed up candy.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: Before that, that special one.
1: But that special one, yeah. You know, and then I did newspaper rounds and I bought baseball cards and started flipping them. I guess organically, I ended up picking up that sales background, always kind of looking for that next, how can I flip and, you know, monetize on the current thing that's hot, that type of deal. Cabbage Patch Kids, I was able to make some money off of that. So I guess that's how my mind works. So when I saw the domain, it was an instant click. You know, started from banana cream and then I ended up getting the additional domains and saying, "Okay, let me outbound and work with these individuals to provide them a a product that does actually improve their business. And then I can also benefit. So it was a win-win situation across the board.
0: Interesting. Now, were you doing outbound in terms of were you doing email, fax, um, making phone (laughs) calls or a combination of?
1: Yes, it was a hybrid approach. It would be emails as well as phone calls. And, then, and sometimes I actually went to their um, office if they were locally. Really? Yeah, for sure. Really? Now, how would that work? I actually would try to do research and find out who the either marketing person was or if there was like a, a, um, the owner. And I would go in and say, hey, this is Roman Edmond. Can I have a second of your guy's time? And most of the time I get kicked out. But then I would provide him <laughs> a pamphlet. That was the key. I provide him some information, some like <laughs> literature. About the domain name, and then give a like a almost like a can't resist offer on it and say, Hey, let me know. I could come back and I'll transfer you to the domain and you can give me the money back afterwards. So, like, it's no risk at all, right? right. So, it's like it's like better than escrow. Take your domain, you give me the dollars when you're available and ready.
0: Gotcha. And probably using the pamphlet, then I would imagine that they could then go off on their own, do research uh look you up, you know, and try to figure out, okay, is this a legit thing that's going on? Um, and likely it's the case, I mean, for a lot of folks, I know it's just a matter of when people um especially nowadays, probably wasn't wasn't so back then, but now we kind of question a little bit everything. When emails show yes. up, it's like, is this is, yeah. is this really real? And then I don't want to click on the link. Right. right? For sure. like, I don't know what's gonna happen. But versus going in person, it's kind of like okay, well yeah, the worst thing that can happen is they tell you no and you get kicked out. Yes. But and as you, long as you got that pamphlet in their hand. That
1: that's, the the, that's, that's the key. That's the key. And you one step closer to those no's. you one step closer to yes's, right? Wow. And back then, what, one of the things I, I did was I redirected the domain to their actual site. Uh, so that automatically um, provided the, the evidence that I own it. Mm. And then also psychologically, they could say, wow, okay, thechristian.org. Maybe, you know, I, I see how it looks, maybe for 300, 500 bucks. Let's go. Let's do it.
0: Wow, that is phenomenal. And so then in... And- In terms of, so back then you were pretty much hand registering, like you hadn't even discovered there was a whole aftermarket or anything.
1: No, yeah. This, that was something totally (laughs) like (laughs) two years, three years later that I didn't realize, you know, I didn't even know about being able to uh, find a marketplace to actually put your domains for sale. So these were, I was just kind of outbounding and that's how I was churning them, you know, I, I started with that three domains, sold one. And that was in 2011. By the end of 2012, I owned 10,000 domains. Wait, what? In two th- by the end of 2012, I owned 10,000 domains for sure. Do, how do you go from like three, really two, because you sold one
0: to 10,000 domains in less than, well, yeah, less than a year, year and a half time
1: probably. Everything I everything that I actually sold, I reinvested into the company, right? I, I bought more domains. So when you when you're getting domains at like 10 bucks a pop, sometimes right. you got to you know five for one deals, I would just continually do that. Basically, you tried to purchase anything that had any type of keyword or something that kind of made sense. And I was like, I'm gonna find a buyer. Mm. So I wasn't that strict and stuff. So that's kind of how that worked out. And then I actually started talking to individuals that had collect their portfolios that wanted to sell so i would buy their domain you know you know their their portfolio so maybe like a $1000 portfolio that i would buy
0: so wait this man good lord you got so much going on right there hey this seems that way three domains you hand register you haven't figured out about the aftermarket but you're bulk purchasing portfolios That doesn't even make, that doesn't even register to me. I'm like, okay, well, the hand registration part does because I'm figuring and saying, okay, now that I know the key is that you were doing somewhat a hybrid approach of phone email and then in person. So that makes sense. I can see how your portfolio could probably spread on you because you're finding businesses locally that probably have just atrocious domains. Sure. So you're walking in with your pamphlet. You're telling them this, and likely as the case, I mean, you're seeing the domain. You're going back doing your research. So you probably could register something that was even better than what they had. Right. Um, go to them. You drop off the pamphlet. You get kicked out. You come <laughs> back to them. You redirect it to them. They say, Yeah, you work out a deal. But then now, how do in all of that? How do you jump to actually buying? Portfolios of domains. That seems like a total different skill set, or am I wrong?
1: Well, yeah you, yeah, you could say so. I think one of the key things is I like asking questions. Ah. So w- when I would sell certain domains to certain companies, you know, I would ask them, like, are the, you know, why do you like it or why are you purchasing it and how many domains that they, you know, that you own? And some of them are like, I own 400. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with them? They're like, well, we were, we were thinking about doing something earlier, but now nothing. So I was like, well, would you wanna sell them? And they're like, yeah. And so that's how <laughs> I started, ended up picking up some of these key domains that way, just by asking and you know, they were like, yeah, our IT people told us to you know, purchase it back in the days because we were gonna work in a project and have everything point to that. But right now there's no reason for us to have it so we could sell it to you because we have to pay renewals every year. And, and so that's and- kind of how that happened.
0: And they sold it without really even knowing or thinking about the future.
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's because wild. because that's not the that's not the you know that their circle of influence you know that's not the right. space right. They're like if they're selling you know cars, they're not experts in the the whole digital space at that time. So they, they don't think that way unless they can find an ROI for particular products or you know uh, you know activities. There's no reason to be carrying this valuable, you know, to me, you know, digital asset, you know, you know, and I'm sure now they're kicking themselves and what have you, but that was, <laughs> that was some of the things I always do. i try to ask the questions. And one of the things that also helped me is, and I think that's been very important with folks that I don't see happen too much here currently in the industry is when you do sell things to folks, you have to ask that question, you know, what do you have? Are you interested in more? No right. one usually says, are you interested in more? So there was this individual that actually purchased a domain for me. And afterwards I asked him, hey, congratulations. Thank you for purchasing those domains. Would you be interested in any other domain? And he's like, Yes. Yes, what do you have? And at the time, I had a thousand domains. And I sent him the thousand domains. I said, Let me know which ones you like. And he was like, you know, he, he, you know, he took his time, he looked at it, or whatever. And then he was like, I will buy them all, and he offered me X amount of dollars for my whole for my whole portfolio, and that's what changed me to allow me to get to ten thousand domains. That's the particular individual that helped that, you know. Wow, that so individual all that bought in it. an
0: instant. Then from that, like that standpoint, now did you so prior to him purchasing those? I mean, what was your thought process? You were probably like, uh, I mean, were you thinking he's going to purchase all of them, or
1: were you thinking I'll ah, probably purchase a handful? I was thinking if I could get him to buy five of them, that'd be good. Like, you know, that's (laughs) solid. Like this is this this is a game changer for me. I'm like, okay. until he said he wanted to buy all thousand. And how can I wire you the money? And I had to run to my bank to get the money (laughs) wired, you know? And, and, And so during this time now, I'm starting to get acclimated with some of the tools out there. And then I run into Domain Sherpa. So now I'm becoming more of a craftier domainer. Right. Uh, right. So I'm starting to find these little hacks. So, for example, let's take Vegas Mechanics. Vegas Mechanics is not available and the dotnet or dot org may be available or not. But the Vegas Mechanics is available. Right. So I would register the Vegas Mechanics, the this, the, that, the that. And I would go and sell it to folks and they would buy it for like 300 bucks. You have Vegas, Mecha- the Vegas Mechanics. I'll give you 350, but that's the most I'm going to give you. Okay. Hand registered. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. The Vegas so you- florist, the Vegas florist, here you go. And it would be that I was able to take the money I made from selling my portfolio to buy a whole bunch of like these, the X, Y, and Z.coms. And wow. that's what really started to increase the, you know, my whole like, book of business, my revenue for, for the following year.
0: Wow. So then it became really about velocity of sales. So you could register some on a Monday and probably sell it in the same day, if not within the next couple of days.
1: Yes. That's what I was doing.
0: Wow. And then not only that, the other, the upside to having a large portfolio as you had is likely that you're probably getting a discount pricing too on your purchases. And then you're able to, you know, let's say you're purchasing for eight bucks a pop versus 15 or 20 dollars and you turn it around you sell it for that 350 i mean that's that's not bad
1: no absolutely you know at that point you know i don't think they had like that uh, go daddy vip officially but i had my own rep and that would call and if i'll ask him to renew stuff he would renew stuff and whatever i wanted i was on that concierge back then you know wow. I, I guess there was some people but i definitely was on that and that was very helpful you know mm. um and so things were, you know, things were working well and, and things of that nature. And then um, I started going to different industries. So I kind of uh, separated and then kept some domains and I think I sold the rest. And then I went into different spaces. I went into doing more consulting, digital consulting. I went into fantasy sports mm. and some other venues and kind of, you know, changed things around right. and then, as an entrepreneur. That's kind of what I do.
0: So then, I guess the question, obviously, for most listeners, is: So is Roman a full time or a part time domain investor? How do you qualify yourself? I'm, I'm a part.
1: I'm a part time domainer. If you're gonna put me in a box, um, but I think <laughs> I'm a I'm a domainer. But if if you're gonna ask me, hey, if I don't sell a domain for two months, is that gonna impact my you know livelihood or my day to day you know exp- you know uh, bills whatever? The, I, the answer is no. So with that said. I'm a part-time domainer, and I kind of look at myself in regards to domaining in two phases. One was like the pre-2012 life or 2013, where I was that inexperienced guy that bought a lot of domains and was able to flip them and things of that nature. And then the, let's say the COVID <laughs> domainer <laughs> Roman, where I started amassing More higher end domains, Uh, and now thinking about investing and holding them for the long term.
0: Got it. Whereas the 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 former, like you said, was really
1: high volume. It was Uh, high volume, and it was by myself. And now I'm working with other domainers, collaborating, and trying to do other things. So, like my network has expanded during this time frame, and so now we can kind of we have conversations. We can talk about trends, strategies and that whole sort of thing. So I'm actually you know, looking at this more as an you know, um, end-to-end business. You know, I think the strategy for people is to identify what type of domain are you want to be. If you right. want to be the quick flip, there's definitely a market for you, and you could kill it because I killed it that way. You know, I needed the money. I needed to do stuff so I can make $1,000 in three days by flipping for domains, and that works. And it still works. Or you can be someone that says, hey, you know what? I'm going to look for quality domains and I'm going to sit on them. And the value of domains are um, astronomically increasing day to day. That's a fact. And so you could do that and sit on them that way. And then there's a, like a, you know, there's another approach to say, you know what? Let's kind of use this domain. You know, Let's leverage SEO or let's build it out and create a full functional business. And that's something that I'm like working on now. And I'm starting to partner with various folks in different areas and different sectors. And I think that's something very helpful for some of the younger domainers or even older domainers is to find out some of your better quality domains and then see who might be a subject matter expert in the arena and partner with them. My 2021 phrase is collaborate and execute. That's Uh what it is. Now,
0: that's actually good because I think in a lot of cases, you know, most folks get that little glimmer in their eye about domain investing. I mean, I think uh, you and I both, as well as others, have experienced it here recently with Clubhouse. Um, (laughs) You you know, you get that little glimmer of somebody sold X for blank and then it's just like off to the races. You're like, oh, it's the whole uh, newness of it all and the excitement of it all that, um, oftentimes domain investors uh, blindly enter in and jump in and think it's it's uh, easy to do. And if anything, it's easy to lose a lot of money uh, more sure. than it is to actually limit your risk and make money. I think that that takes quite a lot of discipline. Uh, you know to be able to do. And so that being said, now in terms of where you stand, so you're more of like a development or taking the development approach now. But I think in terms of so you qualify or said if I were to put be put into a box, you said it would be likely a, a part-time domain investor. So I guess now outside of domain investing, what do you do? I, I'm assuming it's business coaching or something, something along that line.
1: Yeah. So again, like with the whole serial entrepreneur theme. Um, I'm a personal development coach, so I have clients that I work with to try to 10X their lives. They may be struggling in certain areas, specifically financially, and I create a game plan, a strategy plan of action where we you know, come up with specific goals and then create the particular activities that need to happen in order for them to get what they need to be. I mean, in the last four or five years, I've been really more in tune with the personal development thing. Before, I thought it was like, didn't mean anything. But, you know, you have those great folks like Tony Robbins and those sort of people that really provide, you know, some direction on creating a strategy to make your life better. So I do that. Then I also do consulting right now where there's these uh, companies. A lot of them are like Fortune 500, Fortune 5000 companies that actually um, request my experience and expertise to come in and do process work and project management. So they may have. A, a project, even like a software rollout, that they need someone to come in and work with various folks ar- around internationally. So they need someone to come in, kind of uh, create that whole kickoff meeting, set up a, a game plan, a project schedule, make sure that they understand all the various components as well as the individuals that are, are going to be de- are the project's going to be dependent on, and then kind of help manage it across the, across the um, finish line. And so I do that as well as the process work. So a lot of companies are struggling right now. And so they're looking for someone to come in and kind of re-engineer their process because it is inefficient. So I do that as well. And then I also do uh, fantasy sports. You know, I'm pretty big in that. (laughs) <laughs> where um, the DraftKings, FanDuel type of deal. Yeah, I do. I do analysis work, and then I and I do articles, and I either market that to folks, or I or I actually use it myself, and I play that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah, I'm I'm kind of successful in doing that as well.
0: So how in the world there is only twenty four hours in a day, brother? Like how in the world does Roman manage to do all of those things or a subset of those things? and domain investing like how do you do it it?
1: it's a system at least for me it was a system so all the things that i've mentioned i've spent like uh, a phase of my life or time frame getting up to speed so like for domain investing i would spend like let's say in 20 you know like in a week in a week let's say 90 hours kind of like consuming information Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: writing things down creating a plan of what i what kind of domains i need to purchase for how much and how am I gonna flip them? And so once I kind of get to a point where I understand how it's, you know, how this process is gonna be, I can then kind of turn key and move that forward. And then if it's gonna be daily fantasy sports, I'm gonna do the same thing. If it's gonna be coaching, I need to set up my, you know, website and, and then set up my contact list and then maybe hire someone to reach them out and then create a program that's kind of like a template that might be catered specifically to the individuals down the road but it's a template. And so I'm able to kind of integrate those systems together and it makes it much easier. It is still busy. I'm still like running on (laughs) fumes sometimes. So, But, you know, I'm able to now regulate things. And and it seems like I try to multitask. I don't really believe in multitasking because you kind of have to focus yourself on one thing. But I do do that. So like I may be listening to domain folks on Clubhouse while I'm, you know, writing down... uh, an action plan for a client and then looking at the sports ticker and seeing (laughs) where I'm at, you know, so I'll, I'll do that as well.
0: Man, that is interesting because, you know, a lot of it is and a lot of people have asked me like, okay, man, how is it that you produce content, you produce the podcast um, and you manage to still domain invest? And it's it's pretty much what you said. I've become disciplined um, in doing the things that are definitely high priority, but high uh, ROI, becoming consistent in those things. Most domain investors are consistent or consistently inconsistent in the wrong things. Right. Um, And so you got to turn that around. Um, And so, you know, to a certain extent now, do you what percentage would you give yourself in terms of saying, you know, hey, today I spend X percentage hand registering or, you know, X percentage uh, purchasing from aftermarkets or X percentage doing third party uh, purchases?
1: I don't hand register. (laughs) <laughs> He's anymore, like uh, anymore. He like I I, 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 no, yeah, no, no. I only do that every now and then when I actually see an opportunity to do that. So I think the last hand register I did dealt with um the um, these super refrigerators that the vax the the vaccines were oh, yeah. able to use. They're called freezer farms. So I oh. own freezerfarms.com. I was sitting watching nice. CN- CNBC. Because <laughs> I do, I also do day trading at times or swing trading as well. So I was right. watching that, and then they came up and they talked about these new freezer farms. And so I was like, "Oh, let me run, you know, and see if freezer farms available." And it was. And so I registered that right. So I typically don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I usually spend a lot more time. I would say eighty percent of my domaining, reaching out to third parties. Right. So. I've sold and bought, you know, a good number of domains over the last year or so. And so what I typically do is I kind of reach out to some of the folks and say, hey, if you have any domains that's for sale or that you want to unload, send me the list. Let's see if we can do business. And so that's what I've been doing as of recently. And then, you know, whenever I have an opportunity, I look at the closeout. Usually I'm on, you know, some pretty good lists. Like the domain smoke, which I think is awesome. Yeah. So I make myself available at 915 Eastern time AM and I'm ready to jump in because there'll be the bargain bans and then also look at some of the ones that are going to expire at the end of the day and see if there's any ones that might fit the profile that I'm looking for.
0: That's interesting. So then, like, have you been impacted? Um, and I'm assuming that you're probably buying from more than one platform in terms of some of these closeouts and not. But have you been impacted by GoDaddy's recent change in terms of their pricing of the closeouts?
1: Well, yes, I guess impacted. So if you if you if you don't deal with GoDaddy, which is people far and few between, I would say yes. <laughs> so, yes. Right. I think 95 percent of my domains reside with GoDaddy. And ah. so if I've been impacted, I say yes. And I've been impacted in a positive light. Oh, how so? Because domains are more expensive. So that makes it more difficult for folks to go and buy them, I guess. Right. If I'm in a, buy, if I'm in a buying mode, people <laughs> will just snatch them up for 12 bucks or whatever the case may be. And now they have to second and third think, should I spend $50 on them? And I can, then I think it's preferable for me. So to me, it's an advantage as well as as they increase the price of domains in general, GoDaddy has done to me that it has also indirectly increased the value of everyone's portfolio. Right. So for even a, a lousy domain, it's $50. That means to me that any domain I can purchase, that's pretty decent for under $50 I'm going to snatch up. And then now I'm going to have to reconsider drop, you know, my drop, or the domains I would think about dropping and not renew because now these domains are more valuable. That's the way that my mind works.
0: Now, and that makes total sense because when I think about it, you know, and some people have asked, because obviously, I, so I have, and I've stated it before, I have access to the GoDaddy's API, their, um, you know, previous API, yeah. not necessarily the new API, but um, I use, you know, the API to be able to to uh to bid on names I just put names into a database and you know the API if it, if it I give it a strike price certain value and if it's that value it purchases it um if not you know if mm. if, if somebody else beats me to it they beat me to they beat it you to it uh, but you know I'm just not to interrupt the clock. You. Yeah go ahead this,
1: Yeah and I use your list as well cuz you have a great list as well so I just want to add that to it I want to put an amend, amendment to what I said as well <laughs>
0: No, well, and it's crazy enough because a lot of people like, "Uh, okay, so you have a list. And I'm like, yeah, but I still look at like Domain Chain, DSAD. I look at Dennis's DomainSmoke.com. And what's interesting is a lot of times I will use those lists and compare them. And so when I see a name that shows up on all three of our lists, I know I'm like, oh, that's probably a a top-notch domain that if it doesn't have any bids, it's like, all right, I'll throw it in and... If it if it get if it gets a bid, though so bid, because I'm not probably going to be around to bid on it anyway. But if it doesn't, and the API is able to snag it, perfect to a certain extent. When it when it raised prices, I was like, man, I don't know that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I loaded like a hundred to two hundred different domains, and I just watched them. Okay. And about eighty percent of the domains made it all the way to the price point of thirty dollars.
1: It did. Okay.
0: And then I noticed most of them disappeared by the time they got to 11. And so I was like, okay, so most people, my, my hypothesis, here's my thought about that is (laughs) that most people are probably, they were more comfortable buying it at that 30, which probably would have meant like 38, because if you think about it, if they were purchasing at 11, that means that they were purchasing at 20. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not 60, Right. But it's 40, but it's still within reach. Um, and yeah. that may mean that they have to let two or three other domains go that they don't purchase, but they still get to to purchase. So I was like, OK, I now kind of see the math behind it now for the bigger folks with the bots, the huge domains, I st- That math still doesn't work out to me. I'm like, OK, I don't know that they're still purchasing at the same rate right. and level. Yeah, Uh, because that gets when you start looking at a twenty dollars versus a sixty dollars purchase and the number of domains being purchased. I'm like, man, y'all gonna go broke at some point. (laughs) Like, you either have to start kicking up a lot more sales, or you're just gonna go broke trying to get all these uh, different domains. Plus, they're bidding bot bidding as well, which we all know. Like, I mean, domain prices have just you know gone. I mean, from if you think back to 2011, 2012, I'm like, man, I'd love to have some of those auction prices uh, today, but today it's like, nah, I I mean, for me, I don't even participate in um, the actual bidding um, anymore, just because it just, you throw one bid in at 12, 17, next thing you know, this thing is like 300.
1: Yes. Yes. And so I hear you. I know that um last year, 2019, you know, I, I'm sure COVID had something to do with it. There would be more people at home. So right. that the, you know, it would be it would be, you know, it you know, it, it would allow these um these particular domains to be bidded up higher. Right. That's one factor. Also, it's more of a digital landscape out there. That's another factor. But for me, in my mind, I'm thinking that it's gonna go higher and higher. So my mission last year was just to acquire. So I was mm. one of those knuckleheads that when you said it was <laughs> Bidding up to $300 and 400 I would do that, you know. Like, yeah, you know. Normally, it would go for a hundred, and I'm like finding these other folks. I'm like, I want to, I want to get mindsettraining.com. All right, four hundred dollars. I now I own it, and like in my per, and I do personal development, mm. uh, and I, and e- either I can now build a site under mindset training, or because it's my space, I know a lot of the key experts there, and connection uh-huh. so it makes sense to me to buy for 400 even though i think i should buy, should have bought it for 200 you know under normal conditions 400 is fine as well if i sell it for six or ten right and i think it, that's what someone told me before <laughs> like if you're going to sell it for six or ten is there a difference by you know purchasing it for two or four if you are obviously right. you know what i mean Right. So so let me ask you this, because that that's an interesting
0: standpoint. So in terms of with most of your domains, like, for instance, I know that I'm going to hold most of my domains at least 24 months, at least I'll say at least anywhere from 24 months to 36 months on average. If because I do, I do know outbound, most of my um, sales are really all of my sales are inbound um, mm-hmm. inquiries that either I negotiate or it's just buy it now through Dan or through after Nick. That being said, you know, for me, I just, that's the, that's the, I guess you'd say key business um, or performance indicator that I look at is like, okay, I purchased this domain on this date this year. How long did I hold it? Oh, you know, 26 months. Well, that falls right there within the sweet spot. Now for you, like, do you have any metrics like that? Or is it, hey, yes, I know I'm going to overpay for this domain at 400, but I know that when I go to sell it, whether that's three years, five years, whatever, you know, that that time is, yeah. it's like looking at it and saying, OK, well, hey, like what goes through your mind in terms of you? Like how far is because there has to be a point that you're going to be like, I'm not going to pay X amount for mine. You know, it's like you wouldn't you paid the 400. But would you have paid the thousand
1: I, I, to me? And to in- I'm going to be just uh, as candid as possible. I'm not in that uh, post spreadsheet analysis and all that other stuff for domaining. So to me, it's a feel, it's a feel right. To be honest with you, but I also have, I look at my domains in two portfolios. One that I actually see that I get a good value. Let's say closeouts or what have you. And then I'm going to outbound that and flip it easily. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have the ones that I'm like, I know they're worth or I can get them to be sold for 10, 20,000. I'm I'm rocking them. I'm holding them for a while, but right. I, It it and it, it sometimes depends on my week. If I had a more successful week than others, then I might <laughs> you know pay a little bit more. But you know to be honest, honest on that regards, if it's an area in a sector that I really am keen on, like I'm you know I know a lot about sports and I'm in the fantasy world. So if I find a fantasy related domain, I'm really going to be more apt to pay more. Personal development, I'm more apt to pay more cryptocurrency, I'm real, I have to pay more. Other areas, I'll just let go because that's not my bailiwick. That's not uh, my, spe- that's not my sphere of competence, right? I kind of use the whole Warren Buffett, Lou Garrett type deal. You know, uh, I kind of wait and see for the higher um, price domains is it has to be in my area that I really have a good understanding that I can hold and feel comfortable else I won't. So I may pay more for those and be okay with it.
0: Gotcha. So then it, I guess is yours more of a keyword versus a brandable. You're probably more keyword focused than brandable or.
1: That's hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I do have a pretty decent brandable collection because um, it just makes sense. And some of the brandables are like unique people's last names, uh, you know, like from different countries or what right. have you. So I can still market to those folks, but they are brandables, you know, like a Delaba D E L A B A. You know, like you know, that would be like a brandable, or at least it's on brand bucket or what have you. Right. But it's someone's last name in Nigeria. Okay. You know, so there's a slew of people that you can market to, and there's companies that can like Nigeria and Switzerland that go by that name. So I can reach out to them whenever I want if I want to pocket X, Y, and Z. You know, from from it. You know, so I, the way I look at it too is, um, my, with my outbound I. Turn on the faucet when I want to, and then turn it off. Just me personally. Like I don't, I don't do outbound all the time. I, in fact, this second go around again, like I said, now I don't really do outbound. I use my FD. I put all my stuff on FD, obviously, Afternic, whatever. But you know, the you know, my domain site resonates on FD, and then I get an inquiry. If not, I keep it moving. Hmm. Maybe I wanted to go on vacation, as I said I wanted to get a uh, upgrade in a hotel or something. Maybe then I'll just say, let me go look at my domains that I can just, and and get an extra, whatever, couple grand so I can get an upgrade in my hotel or something. You know what I mean? That's how I I work it sometimes. Nice. Nice. So
0: then like today, so like how many uh, domains do you have in your portfolio today?
1: Well, I I bought a lot in the last uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, 10 (laughs) days.
1: Uh, Yeah. In the last 10 days. So um, I, right now, probably closer to 400.
0: Okay. So not, so not as many then as you once had no. um, in terms of the 10,000. So you're pretty, you're managing a pretty lean portfolio then these days. Very,
1: years. very, I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with like pretty much the 450 that I have, you know, it, it seems like going back, you know, going the second round, I was able to sharpen my, um, uh, my skills and pretty much get more quality domain. So I, you know, when I part with them, I kind of begrudgingly give them up, you know, based on the, the quality <laughs> compared to, you know, when I own 10,000 domains, I was like, hey, hey, you want it here? Take it. Yeah, because you, I mean, well, you had renewals to cover. Yes, yes. And 10,000 domains, the renewals are, do the <laughs> math. He's that's like, he's like, that, a, he's like,
0: that's a, he said, that's a nice car. <laughs>
1: Yes. It's a yes. nice sedan. Luxury. For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. You know, and so I also dabbled in crypto as well. And so in 2017, I kind of saw the light for Bitcoin. And so mm-hmm. I invested in there. I wrote articles, in fact, on LinkedIn. So you can actually go to my LinkedIn page and look at some of my articles that are dated in 2017 when I was employing, begging my LinkedIn counterparts jump in, please. There were 2,500 a coin. I said, it's 2,500 a coin. Get some, please. Unfortunately, you weren't my LinkedIn buddy at the time. (laughs) No, I wasn't. Uh, And I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm laughing
0: and I'm crying right now. Uh, I don't even want to look at what it is today, but somebody told me yesterday it was like 47,000. I'm like, uh, that's about right. Like, oh, that one hurts. That one hurts. Oh, my goodness. And speaking of actually being ahead and looking ahead at things like, like, have you looked into any of this stuff about handshake domains? No. Ah, you got to go take a look at it. You got to go. I'm looking looking
1: into something else, even past handshake domains. But that's cool. You got to go take a look at it. It, Uh, Okay,
0: fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. it is an interesting little concept that's going on um will it take off it may who knows who knows it'll be web 3.0 if it does yes. um and it'll it'll add a it'll add an interesting little situation in terms of uh decentralized internet basically web 3.0 like i said and actually adding different it's it's almost along the same lines of the new um the new GTLDs, with the exception that these are actually way more affordable, um, and obviously, like I said, it's on decentralized. It's decentralized Uh-oh. internet, so it's internet take, on a blockchain.
1: I'll take a look at that. But like specifically for me, what I typically do is I go into like a, a sector or a silo. Let's say mm-hmm. the domain industry, and then I try to stick to the basics, and then I go look for a different space. Per ah. se. you know, like crypto, and then leave. In a forex and then like get that knowledge and then focus on that. So like to me, dot com is dot com. Right. So I'm I'm riding with dot com. There may be other things and I missed the boat, like I missed the boat on dot club and on and I'm okay with that, but I know if I can um stick with dot coms, I probably will be okay not make a mistake. And then right. now I'm looking at other areas and different spaces on other things that you know, I'll keep to myself right now, but um <laughs> and then maybe I'll write an article on it at some point. But uh you know uh hey, well next time you write that article about that
0: twenty five hundred bitcoin, like <laughs> send it to your brother. <laughs> you got you got it. I got
1: your back this time for sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> so let me mm-hmm. ask you this then. In terms of your portfolio, now do you list at any of the places I think you I heard you mention brand bucket, but do you do anything with squad help? I know you mentioned FD, like. Kind of what's the lay of the land in terms of how you use those platforms?
1: Sure. I think like the thing that I would recommend everyone to do is that any free marketplace to try to list your domain. So I have my domains listed on CETO. I have it listed on After GoDaddy and and the like. So um, any of those, my domains are listed. Dan, Epic. Mm -hmm. So I, I do have my domains listed on all those marketplaces. Now, and how do you go about then, pricing them? How do I go go pricing them? Okay. Typically, most of my domains, it depends on different phases, but most of the time, I just don't even list them. I just have them there available. Give me your offer. And then if I do list them, I have maybe, uh, I, I, I let's say I, I, I kind of gauge certain domains, but then I guess I use some of the tools out there like Estabot and GoDaddy. And then I kind of look specifically. On the domains that I really want, I spend more time in looking at, let's say, potential search volume for the keywords. And then I'll, I'll look and see you know, how many other domain extensions are taken. Are there any nice domain um, sites built on, let's say, a .net or a .org, and then I can get a better feel of stuff. Um, also for the... And, and that And that would be maybe for my higher-end domains. The other domains I kind of look at it, hey, if I get it, let's say for close out of 50, you know, you know, based on sell th- the sell through rate and stuff like that, what should I, you know, possibly price it at? And so that's kind of maybe how I price them out those type of domains. And then I may have a minimum that we can negotiate, but I'm still struggling with that. So that's something that for me, when I look at my overall, what's my strengths and weaknesses within the domain arena, that's something I still struggle because I do, at least a lot of people say I do sell my my domain's underpriced, mm. you know, but there's velocities there. They're like, wow, you left a lot of money on the table. And I'm like, well, I was able to eat and I'm not starving. And so I'm allowing mm-hmm. other people to fill their tummy up as well. Right. You know, you got that big pizza pie. I'll yeah. take four slices and I'll give them, you know, I'll let everyone else take one or two.
0: I think that's the, the glimmer in everyone's eye or can be the glimmer in the eye is the stories of the Rick Schwartz um of the multi-million dollar domains but it's, it's like nice. okay well wait it, yes he had great domains, but he's also been holding on to them for you know two and a half decades um, right. he just didn't pick it up on monday and it became this you know multi-million dollar thing um and he had the guts to say no or not respond or be rick schwartz and be rick schwartz uh, in terms of some of his responses but that being said there are you know, there are times and I think here, uh, Hidden Patel, he said it best when he said either I'm going to book my profit today or I'm going to take a chance later. But that chance later may not be as greater than now. Um, mm-hmm. And so you just have to realize and say, is this the best offer that's going to come for this given domain in the moment? And with what I know about everything, do we make that, you know, do we make that 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 sell? Do we book that profit now? You know, I, I operate under that kind of that same premise. Yeah. It's it's like I receive um, an inbound quote and if I don't like it, I don't like it. But, you gotcha. know, I quote them a price and uh, and in some cases I may quote a price. And then if they don't respond or they let it expire, especially if it's on Dan, I can go back and I'm like, you know what? I may discount that 20, 25 percent and put a buy now on. It. Okay. And if they purchase it, they okay. purchase it. But if not then in 60 days uh, you know it's like yeah. i may swing the whole different you know pendulum in terms of if i list something at 3000 originally i dropped it down to 2500 i may lift it up to 4500 um and i've <laughs> Listen, had
1: domains sell what, like that whatever works works you know and i agree with you here i think everyone has their own unique style everyone has their own circumstances right so Definitely. when i was when i told you i started in 2011 and doing domaining, my situation was totally different. You know, I was like, you know, I had a good job and I was doing stuff, but I wasn't as out there with all the various projects that I was working on. So domaining was definitely something I, hey, I can augment and kind of like, you know, use that money to do certain things for lifestyles for my family and stuff like that. Subsequently, afterwards, things have totally changed for even the way better. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I've been blessed. And so now it's a different perspective. It's like, I don't need to do the quote unquote hit and run by domain and then, you know, sell it what have you. I can hold it, but my yeah. circumstances is different than yours. So that's the reason why my strategy could be different than yours. Right. I do believe there's basic premise that should happen. And so I know there's going to be a lot of new domainers that's going to be listening to this. So here's some of my Roman tenets, rules, <laughs> right? For domaining, Right. And you guys can take it as you will. In my opinion, (laughs) rule number one is do not buy domains, any of them, until eight weeks after you start in the business. Eight weeks, why? I just do eight weeks. (laughs) But, you know, because, you know, so number two, you need to do and spend the the due diligence looking, doing research, um, reviewing all the podcasts like the one you, you have, Alvin all the books, all the, um, all the blogs, go on Twitter, um, find all the domainers, become their friends, get up to speed as quickly as possible, as quickly as possible. Number three, do not hand register any domains <laughs> for 28 weeks. Why 28 <laughs> weeks? Because it's half a year. That's awesome. Yeah. That is
0: awesome. listen, I don't care about the first one, but this one right there—that's gonna save you a lot of heartache.
1: It is gonna save you a lot of heartache, and so oh yes, twenty-eight weeks, right? I might say <laughs> um, a whole year, or how, however long it takes to you know to birth a child might be even better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's over a year. I think it's like sixty-three weeks or something like that. That would probably be better. And so during that time frame, when you do decide to purchase a domain my recommendation would then be go to like a GoDaddy auction or what have you and purchase a domain there. Why? Because one thing's for sure, that domain at some point, someone actually thought about it and it made sense for them to register. Mm -hmm. The hand register is not necessarily the case. You may have been the only person that thought about it unless it expired and then went back into the film and no one purchased it anyway before you. So that's even worse. So (laughs) <laughs> right. So, so that's even worse. So I would say that would be the that would be a good rule of thumb. Another rule, stick with dot coms. Don't get fancy swancy. Stick with dot coms, no dot nets, no dot U.S., no CCs, no dot clubs, no dot X, Y and Z. Stick with dot coms in the beginning. I think that would be very helpful. I, and that's Romans. Tenants, rules.
0: And tenants. <laughs> he said, "I got three simple rules that'll get you started on the way." Because that was going to be my next question about whether or not you invest in CCTLDs or just alternative extensions.
1: I do have some, but I would say you would probably uh, cover maybe ten percent of my portfolio mm-hmm. per se, and they're and they're and they're pretty dynamite ones in my mind. And the those particular domains, I actually specifically are looking to build out right like I, I own like i think uh hack dot tv polyglot tv uh, polyglot is someone that speaks like four languages yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna build yeah, out yeah. a language like a morgan or, linton yeah or like me oh <laughs> uh, you too yeah yeah i speak so, so, english french um spanish russian and some other language haitian oh. Creole, and stuff like that so yeah and i learned russian like Two years ago, because I used to go to a spa and everybody there spoke Russian. And I got <laughs> angry about that. So I said, you know what? Let me create a game plan and a strategy on learning Russian. And so I created a, a timeline and the activities I needed to do. So I purchased some CDs because my car still accepts CDs. I see these <laughs> on eBay on Russian. So as I commute, I could listen to that. I then found a podcast that um, taught you how to speak Russian and exchange. I ended up finding a couple of people. I ended up Able to speak Russian too, and then I started watching on like Netflix Russian movies. That's how it worked out.
0: Ah, uh, well, and that was what I was gonna ask. I'm like, okay, why so many languages? I'm assuming that you probably had uh, in- life instances that required them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, I actually when I finished my bachelor's, then I went for my MBA, and then there was an opportunity to go to one of the top schools in Mexico for international business slash marketing. So I ended up moving to Mexico at 20 something years old and living there and going to school, um, MBA program. And I didn't speak any Spanish before then. So that was the interesting thing. It was, it, that was probably to me, one of my better accomplishments because I didn't speak Spanish at the time and school started in August and I went there in May. And then I took a 40 a hour, eight week course in Spanish, and I stayed with a host family, and I did that for eight weeks. and then after eight weeks, I decided to go backpacking throughout Mexico um, until school started. And by doing that, I got to meet the taxi drivers, the maids, you know the 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 grocery store attendant, and be able to exchange with them. and so when when school started, I think I had a decent level of Spanish to deal with the classes to some degree, however, um, a lot of my classes had to do with presentation. So I had to go up and do presentations. And boy, the first several of them were crazy hilarious. Like the teacher was trying to hold back from laughing. The the, 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 the classmates were covering up their mouths. And you know, I, I I did a terrible job, I guess, saying I would imagine the weirdest things. And then um after the end of like the first year, I ended up being, you know, like a typical Spanish speaker. So you could see the progression. But I was—I thought that was one of my um, better uh, accomplishments in my life, to
0: be honest with you. Oh man, I'm laughing because you made me think back to the movie Blue Streak uh, with Martin Lawrence. Okay. And uh, the scene at the end, to where I—I want to say he—shoot, um, they were at the border, uh, the Mexico border, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's all about the Federales and. <laughs> And he yells out something like, um, muy gato pantalones. And the guy goes, hey, man, you, do you realize what you just said? And, you know, Martin doesn't know what he says. And, they, uh-huh. you know, they put the caption there, and it's like a big cat in your pants. pants? <laughs> and that's what it – I have only the imagine seeing you give a presentation <laughs> – there's no telling what you said. You, you thought no you telling. said one thing, right? But uh, but to those who knew, they were like, "Oh, really? Oh, right. Hey, right. all right." But that being said, it it it's a very immersive experience in terms yes. of learning another language, and and to a certain extent, sometimes you have to get in there. Like I was thinking back to. Um, what was it? They were we have friends who um, registered or actually enrolled their kids in terms of learning another language. And they were talking about just how the it's the theory versus the application. Um, and sometimes it, within the application, they're speaking different dialect. Yes. Um, and so it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, speaking English Ebonics. <laughs> <laughs> and Ebonics. That's exactly right. And, and that can be that different. And so if you're in or into a situation and you're using the theory of dialect versus the actual application of a given region or a dialect of a given region, then, you know, <laughs> you get the strange looks and like, oh, you're not from around here, huh?
1: No, no right, right. Not. Absolutely. Absolutely. for that sure. That
0: is awesome. That is awesome. Now, do you invest in, in uh, multilingual domains or
1: no? Not really. Yeah. What I have done is I do hand register them for sure. Now that I think about it, um, I do travel. And even in the last, year, you know, months I've been, tra- you know, I travel. And so when I do go to new new areas, they have slang that they uh. talk about. And I pick up some of them. A lot of them are like curse words or like, ne- you know, those type <laughs> of deals. And I picked them up for whatever reason they're available. Because I think there may be new trending words. Mm. and. People that do domains haven't like put everything together. Ah. So that's why I picked them up. You know, I, I spoke to one fellow domainer and I told her the word, you know, a couple words that I had. And she was like fascinated, like, oh, my goodness, because she's from certain, con- you know, Spanish speaking countries, for example. And she's like, how'd you get that? And I was like, well, it was available. She's like, no, it's not, you know. And so I have picked up some, but that's not something that I would look to specialize in at this point.
0: Right, right. And I was about to add to that because I remember um, looking through Spanish domains and I was surprised at the number of words uh, that were available. But then it also um, obviously my Spanish is limited. And if you're trying to use things like Google Translate to where you translate the English word (laughs) into whatever the language is, it's like, while that is possible from a domain investing standpoint, don't go do that. Like, because no. it, it could it could certainly not work out well for you, um, in terms of you trying to approach a business, and you're like, you know, I've got AC repair, and it's like, yeah, that says hurricane alerts, though. <laughs> if like, oh, I, oh, I didn't know um, exactly. And certain yeah.
1: countries use certain words for like True. the English translation, so that's totally different. And then I would say the reason I wouldn't go there as well is. It depends on the language and the country you're trying to market to. They mm-hmm. may not use .com as their number one choice. That is true, uh, and that's why you probably find them available so much because they don't use .com.
0: Right, right, um, definitely. Uh, it makes me think of uh, what was it? The Chevy Nova. Um, uh, mm.
1: when they took No Frago or no yeah. Nova. No, no Nova. Yeah. yeah. Nova. Don't go. Yeah. Don't That's go. It means. That means don't go. Right.
0: Yeah. And so they took it to, to the, uh, to the market in Mexico and no one bought the car they couldn't figure out why. No wondering why?
1: Cause the translation means no go. Nova. Yeah.
0: And why uh. would I buy a car that, that, that won't go? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So Yeah. Man, it's, it, it is a interesting, interesting experience. And so, man, hey, one last thing here in, in regards of something that's hit the domain investing community, taking it really by surprise, which is Clubhouse now okay. you've you've been on Clubhouse. I've been on Clubhouse. like what do you make of it? What's been the uh, some of the things that um you've seen that have made you actually quite excited about just its use and where it's going um in terms of the domain industry?
1: Well, if you ask me that that part, um I would say <laughs> i love I love the diversity of the people that I see in these rooms, right? from right. all different types of. Ages and ethnicities and occupations, professions, level of education. I was astounded that people even have interest in domains. I thought it was just us geeks. So <laughs> that was very refreshing to see. Absolutely, and I think that if we can educate these guys and motivate them, and they can tell their friends and bring them in, wow! Th- this can be some positive. This this could be a a golden. Era moment for the right. domainers, right?
0: Right, and that's a that I, I echo the same sentiment. Um, it has been a breath of fresh air, uh, to see folks mm-hmm. in, and and obviously with everything good comes the bad. Um, yeah. and so then there are things that you know it's like, man, I really hope we we turn the corner, and I know that we will turn the corner given the fact of renewals will come knocking, um, at some point, yeah. and so for yeah. some of these folks that got in early. That got excited. They just started buying different domains, whether it was .club, whether it was .com. I believe that there, there are moments where folks have had an epiphany and have come to their moment of reckoning of like, oh, shoot, I dropped X amount of money in this. And now these are really worthless. Um, and so to a certain extent, it's kind of like, ah, that's been the bad of it. When you have conversations with folks and you look at their profile on Clubhouse <laughs> and you're like, ah, yeah. I hate to tell you, all of these are really of no value. If they were dot coms, maybe they would have been, but it's been, it's been interesting to have to come alongside and, and, and educate. But at the same time, I'm encouraged because there are so many who are open. Uh, you know, to receiving the feedback and actually making changes. So that'll just, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, when Clubhouse, especially once Clubhouse opens up to uh, Android users as well. So there's likely going to be even an additional influx, I would imagine, of new people as well.
1: No, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. One of the things I say, like, with especially like with domaining and some other um, businesses or, you know, uh, potential projects. The barrier entry is very low. And then that allows everyone or folks that may not be equipped to jump in and do business, right? So it's different than, you know, purchasing uh, or, or trading options, right? Where if you're trading options, there's a minimum that you need to have in your account, the actual op- option account. It, you need to kind of specify how much your net worth is. There's some things that you have to check off and sign that that you're okay and all that other stuff. Where like when you jump into something like with domain, it's like have eight bucks and a computer and now like so-called you're a domainer, right? And so that barrier to entry is so low that folks sometimes do not take the due diligence prior to moving forward. And that's what I want people to do. One thing I would say as well is, even though like you and me are like, competitors on the on the domain landscape we still you know care about each other just like any other fellow domainer and so for new people reach out to domainers ask right. them questions, the questions to veterans we're not going to hold back and you know not tell you stuff for sure i mean we've made numerous mistakes i make n- mistakes still to this day but if <laughs> you know but if you if you want some insight we will be open and you know have insight for me you just Hit me up on Twitter or whatever, and, you know, I'll definitely do my best to answer.
0: Yeah. And what is your Twitter handle, speaking of?
1: Yeah, if I recall, it's uh, Roman Edmund 1. So Roman Edmund 1 is my Twitter handle.
0: And that's it. And then uh, I think you're on LinkedIn as well, right?
1: I am on LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah, definitely. Let's, let's, let's become connections. Hit me up on the Roman Edmund on LinkedIn. I'll accept. I'm a lion, as they say. LinkedIn open networker. That means I accept and huh. won't reject you. So,
0: oh, you yeah, didn't know that? Huh? <laughs> I never
1: heard that before. A lion, a, a lion
0: open network. Yeah, I was like, man. I said, but that was pretty smooth on the fly, right there. But that, that wasn't <laughs> me.
1: No, no, no. I'm just leveraging something I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is awesome, man.
0: That is awesome, And I think you, but but you hit on the the key point there about the industry. I think as much as. As much as things are so focused on at times about the domain, about mm-hmm. the value behind the domain, the true value is really in the relationships uh, amongst one another. I mean, that's because and there have been so many times and you and I, we both joined the domain social uh, every Friday. And that has been, you know, a, an area almost like Clubhouse. It's been refreshing uh, in terms of just ideation and just hearing different thoughts and approaches and viewpoints that have either helped us to course correct or even help us wander into new areas or try different things. Um, and it's it's been, like I said, not necessarily about those things as much as it, it's been really about the relationships of when I see someone's profile picture, I've heard them speak. I've had a connection with them. I know who they are at a personal level and that makes it all the better, all the different.
1: That's why we're cool, right? Based on that. Exactly. Right? That's how that happened, right? Exactly. That's how that energy happened. So for sure, and I can tell you during my second stint on the, the domain world, I became more involved, right? I you know, mm. I've been more engaged, you know, collaborate, share, you know, understand what the pain points are for the community, try to help out, you know, right. So it's wonderful. Like I now, like, for example, what you mentioned the domain social, I, you know, that's something that's part of my Friday um, schedule. Right. right? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I think we have to, you know, I don't even need to see the email. My mind already totally clicks because I've made friends, you know, I've made these relationships and we've, I've learned a lot of things, even outside of domaining that I was able to leverage. Right. You know, in my my day to day work. So um, I'm happy with this industry. I love this industry. I think it has a lot of legs on it. Um, I think there's the sky's the limit. And now we're getting more people. So I just say that, like, just try to treat each other the best, respectful, um, you know, try to not throw our laundry out on the street, you know, (laughs) if you can. (laughs) <laughs> and like, don't like throw both. the
0: laundry don't throw the bath water and certainly yeah. don't throw the baby out there no
1: no no yeah and you uh, i think we you know this this really could be great this really could be great
0: yeah definitely man and so wrapping up one of the things that i wanted to highlight so everybody's heard about this whole clubhouse auction bit now okay. you have been one of the ones who has been successful You've actually had a couple names to sell, right? Yeah. So, like what what would be the key for you in terms of bringing names to a clubhouse auction? Like what sure. would be your roles? For someone that's listening to this and they're gonna go on Clubhouse and it's gonna be inevitable. Oh, they get the invite, they get in, they gotcha. get to the auction and they wanna come out. Like, what are Roman's rules in terms of hey, here's how here's what you need to consider when thinking about uh submitting your name to the clubhouse auction or any auction?
1: Oh, the tenants of Roman, right? Let's see if we can find <laughs> let's see if we can find three. Number <laughs> one <laughs> number one, I think is would be helpful is to go to wherever that community is that room or what have you and understand the various people prior to submitting a domain mm-hmm. i think it's very important to understand and i think that for all 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 um, auctions and areas that we have these type of domain i mean you know domain auctions is a lot of times you may have a good you know a good domain you may have like plumber you know, plumbers.com, let's say, let's just, but if, if we're all tech folks, that may be good, but if we're really truly going to buy domains, we're thinking how are we going to sell it? You know, plumbers.com, obviously, you know, you can easily sell, but something like that, like Austin plumbers, right? All tech folks, that's like, that's not going to really sell. So you're not going to get a good price for that. I might say, I'll take a stab and buy for whatever, 40 bucks, knowing that, Hey, if it doesn't work out, you know, I'm okay. As opposed to if you had, you know, let's say, uh, you know, let's say a more technology, you know, a technical component to it on, and for that market, you could probably get folks to say, you know what, I can build on it. I can know someone that can build on it. I can easily flip it. So that's like rule number one. Rule number two is you probably have like, like your first submission probably should be like your best submission, right? Like you want to like, first of all, build that positive momentum of selling something. Number two, people are watching and people remember when you you provided maybe not the best domain versus a good (laughs) domain. So I think that has some relevance, right? Number three, be careful on your reserve, right? So everybody, you know, a lot of people want to put reserves on their domains. I typically don't, but that's okay. But you have to be reasonable, right? So if you have a domain that maybe in the End user market is worth $3,000. You can't closely think that you should have a reserve or that it's going to sell for anywhere close to $3,000. Mm. Remember, if we're doing auctions over here, it's like wholesale, me selling to Alvin. Yeah. So, and Alvin's going to have to try to sell it to maybe another domainer or maybe the end user. Right. So if it's might a have to th- knock a zero off of there. Right, right. So, yeah. So that might be fair. Like, you know, you'll say 300, you purchase a domain for 50 you say 300 as your reserve. And if it gets to 300 and you sell, you make 6X. Yeah, This is the only industry in the whole universe that I know of, that if you get a 6X return, you're labeled a failure and a bum. <laughs> no other place that I know that you get 6X. If you're in a stock market and you get 10%, 12%, <laughs> 15%, I think you have... Uh, You'll have a, a, a fund, a, a mutual fund uh, forever if you can right. get 15% annually, but you get 6x in the domain market and people are just, and obviously there's other components because of sell, sell through rate and all that. Other stuff. But the idea there is, you know, $50, sell it for $300 or somewhere else. That's cool. But if it's worth $3,000, you can't say my reserve is $1,800, which <laughs> I hear a lot, you know, and so that would be my third rule.
0: For sure. <laughs> oh, man. Roman and I have heard a bunch of stuff in Clubhouse. The good, the bad, and the downright ugly. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there, there was a name that shall go unnamed, but I remember someone said, what's the uh, reserve? I mean, what's the reserve price? Somebody said 8000 He said, what? <laughs> he said, 8000
1: I was like... Eight dollars, yeah. And was, I think he said eight dollars. They're like, no, eight thousand. <laughs> and I think some of the auction people had to hold back from laughing, but you can kind of tell they're like, what the <laughs> you know, it's like someone like me going and registering yesterday, Roman is the best of the world. Club and saying, my reserve is eight thousand. <laughs> with a straight face. And, and then they're like, are you willing to negotiate down? And they said, no, <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, man. I, I've seen it myself. It's, you know? that,
0: it's that awkward silence. And I tell people, I'm like, if you get that awkward silence, it's not because somebody is speaking on mute. They're <laughs> speaking on mute, but you won't hear it. And I'm like no, no. If you get the awkward cricket silence oh, like that, should be your telltale sign. Yeah. And so I think all of those three points are great. A one, just knowing your audience, and oh, then two, obviously matching the domain with the audience, and then also really matching the reserve with the domain with the audience. And it's like you do those three things and do them well. Uh, you you are well positioned for success. Um, like you've been. I mean, you've had you've had a couple of sales that you know, have, have definitely, um, you know, helped you to turn a, a handsome profit to say the least. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, Hey, it's, it's knowing it's knowing it's not coming in, hitting for the fences
1: and trying to hit the home run, work, the singles work, work the, the singles, especially when you start off work, the singles, that would, that would be best. And there may be a strategy of working the singles into doubles to triples to home runs. So exactly. I mean, exactly. You have five good singles. you could build and buy a double domain, yep. and then build that way, you know, because not everyone can just go in their pocket and, and purchase a $1,000 domain. right. You know, you, you know, less uh, a 10,000 domain, but I could make five like how we were making fun of that 6x. I yeah. could make 300 dollars in that domain and do it right. 10 times, and now I can get a nice domain for 3,000. And that 3,000 domain that I spent can be sold. Like you can find a domain that may go 6X, which is what? 20 grand, 30 grand. And now you're rolling. It takes one of those and you're rolling. You're rolling.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, with that, Roman, we're out of time. So thank you again for joining us today and sharing your domain investing experience, my man.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate being on this show. Thank you so much, Alvin. Have a good one.
0: Yeah, you too. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.